0: It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny.
1: Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show. And will you please welcome back the wonderful, the glorious, Miss Chelsea Spollen? How are you, (laughs) ma'am?
0: I I guess I'm feeling pretty glorious today. Uh, It's nice to be back. It's been a while.
1: It has, and we are so glad to have you back, but we needed your specialist on-the-spot reporting knowledge of New Japan's <laughs> tour of the Northeast, because you were at the Lowell show, the Boston show. I I'm was. Guessing, I'm guessing it was kind of one of those things, like Lowell's not that close to Boston, but people know where Boston is.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not inaccessible from Boston and there a lot of the venues where they could potentially have had the show in like Boston proper would probably have either been too big for them to do a reasonable gate or like, you know, maybe the venues would have been too small. Like there are a lot of Boston venues where there are wrestling shows that are definitely not big enough to have a New Japan audience. So um, the Lowell Memorial Auditorium was uh, kind of perfect. Like it was, it was packed, but it wasn't too crowded. And I had a nosebleed seat, but I was like twenty-five, thirty feet away from the ring, or something like that. And it was awesome.
1: <laughs> I, th- I, if I remember correctly. I think ECW used to used to put shows on there uh, back in the day.
0: I think so, too, because I heard somebody talking about that. Um, and it's had... Uh, I'm trying to remember who did a big show there a few years ago. Would
1: it be I want to say and-
0: Evolve did a show there.
1: Ah, that sounds more like them. Yeah, that's kind of like that
0: Yeah. And it's a nice it's a nice venue for wrestling. Um, It's got, like, acoustics that are good enough that people can scream and it sounds good, but it's not... Um, it's not like overwhelmingly huge and it's got that kind of like small venue feel, but it's still big enough to pack like several thousand people in there and um and yeah, my my ticket was like thirty eight dollars and I was thirty feet away from the ring. So um I have no complaints. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, we're covering the, we're, unfortunately, because the LOL show was not on New Japan World. We yeah, covered the whole which t- is weird because
0: they taped it. They had camera guys there the whole time, but maybe they'll post it later or something.
1: Yeah, but they did put the Hammerstein Ballroom, obviously, a very famous wrestling uh, venue yes. for New Japan Pro Wrestling because it used to be where Monday Night Raw came from. It used to be where ECW taped most of their TV from, and yep. some of their big pay-per-views have been from there. Um, and it's the so- Ring
0: of Honor venue of choice when they come to New
1: York as well so yeah it, I, it was really interesting this talk because obviously I th- i'm trying to remember the name of the ring of honor pay-per-view that happened the same weekend and it was like it was the first mm-hmm. time me and i think me and ben Spindler were talking not long ago about the fact that one day new japan will go to the states and they won't need ring of honor and it's, it was yeah. literally four weeks later you know yeah um, it's, it's intriguing as to like the international power plays that are currently going on between Ring of Honor, CML and New Japan Pro Wrestling, which we'll probably talk about towards the end. But it's nice to see New Japan venturing out on their own. Didn't use Access TV. This was purely the power of New Japan world to put the seats in mm-hmm. places. I mean, Access TV obviously have a big presence on the East Coast and in Dallas. So that's the reason why Access were probably more involved in this than they were anywhere else. And Ring of Honor obviously yeah. couldn't help because they were doing their big show um which roosh took the ring of honor world championship and then promptly got fired from cml not long afterwards um (laughs) so that'll be hilarious when it all plays out but um so new japan kind of like going to the northeast by themselves these are not small shows um do you think they did okay from a live draw business point of view before we get to the actual artistic bit
0: So, um, I think the Hammerstein show, it looked from the shots I saw of the crowd and from people I know who were there, it looked like it was pretty full. Um, Mm. and they definitely sold a lot of t-shirts because I saw someone tweeting about wanting to buy a specific one and it was sold out in their size. And I saw a few people tweeting about things like that. So that makes me assume that they sold a bunch. Um, I also know at the Boston show, the line for merch was really long. So, yeah. um, I think I, 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 don't know if they sold meet and greet at the show that I was at, but I think they did at the Hammerstein ballroom. So, um, if they're, you know, getting those meet and greet tickets, hopefully that's a decent profit for the company. Um, yeah. and I saw a bunch of people post photos with the wrestlers that were really nice. And I don't know, it looked, it looked to me from the outside, like a successful event. So fingers crossed. Cause I know running a show in New York is really, really, really expensive. Um, and I don't know if the wrestlers, like, where was the show they did after this?
1: Philly. Um. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't spend the night in a hotel and everybody just, uh, crowded onto a bus and they drove overnight because I kind of think that might have been what they did coming from Massachusetts to go to New York the next day because, I mean, that drive is like five, six hours or something, maybe. I don't know. Um.
1: I've got to say, it was uh, it was at the twenty three hundred Arena, better known as the ECW Arena. Yeah. Uh, featured a main event that sounds absolutely mental: Chase Owens, Ghetto J, White, Kenta, and God versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tomohiro Ishii, Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and the Rock and Roll Express.
0: So everything <laughs> in a blender at
1: once.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds nuts, man. I. Um, it's interesting, it's interesting how they uh, switch up the cards from night to night, because they know there are people who are going to all three shows. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is. Uh, it's interesting what you mentioned before about Ring of Honor um, running a show without New Japan and New Japan doing a show without Ring of Honor, because wasn't there some possible sabotage with the ambulance for this New York show? I read about that.
1: Yeah, um, this particular New York show, um, as I'm looking at the cage match page, there was uh, an hour and a half delay due to technical difficulties, put a sour taste in everyone's mouth. That's Bong Strowman, uh, who said that on the 29th of September. <laughs> basically, from what I, basically from what I understand is, obviously you can't run a wrestling show without an ambulance, and the ambulance right. got cancelled. Um, there were obviously rumours that WWE had done the same thing because obviously it's their territory. Is New York? It's also mm-hmm. really in New string of honourous territory. I think it's more likely to be some local promoter in New York who was probably aggrieved that the big draw for the weekend was going there <laughs> rather than else. I well, would say because I, I I, I, as, as me and you have quite often said, and Spindler and a bunch of other people, the WWE are very petty, but I don't think they're quite that petty. They're not petty enough to do things or get sued over.
0: I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, it was interesting, too. um, The person I saw, the only wrestling promoter I saw tweeting about this directly right as it was happening was Gabe Sapolsky. And I was like, well, if there's a person in New York who does a lot of shows who would be petty enough to pull something like this, Gabe would actually potentially be on my list. Not because I necessarily think Gabe is such a petty person, but because, like, Evolve is one of those is one of those shows where it's like it's big enough that it kinda it kinda draws some of the same people and like yeah. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think that I that I wanna believe that Gabe would do something like that because a lot of people I know have had really positive experiences working with him, but maybe he is, I don't know.
1: We'll say though, Gabe did say on Twitter that it's absolutely ridiculous and unprofessional attitude and these kind of things shouldn't happen anymore. and so possibly not him unless he's deflecting yeah wildly
0: (laughs) i mean it could be and like the the i don't know to me the thing that i like aside from the whole sabotage thing which is interesting but i mean we will probably never know what happened there like the thing that's kind of frustrating to me is like not you know preventing there from being an ambulance at the show like if if the promoter and i don't think new japan would ever do this but there are companies that would that would try to put on the show without the ambulance there Mm. and that just puts the wrestlers in a position where they're tremendously at risk because um, getting an ambulance into downtown Manhattan is not easy <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I mean they, they can do it but uh, but it's not the easiest place in the world to no. get someone immediate medical attention so um, I don't know I, I didn't like that that left a, a bad taste in my mouth was like you know whoever whoever was responsible for that either negligence or sabotage um, was putting the wrestlers at risk and I don't yes. like that.
1: No 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 stop being a jackass. Okay, yeah. we move on to the f- opening match, which was yeah. TJP versus Red Narita. Red Narita is really good, and he wrestled TJP in 8 minutes and 48
0: seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that summary.
1: <laughs> Honest to God, this week's Impact main event was the person we don't mention versus TGP, And my response yeah. to was, all oh, the awful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, uh, yes, a really good wrestler versus men's rights activist who really should be quiet. What are your thoughts? Mm,
0: yeah. um, well, so, uh, so, Renarita is really good. Um, I haven't, I have been sort of checked out of a lot of the happenings in wrestling for the past, <laughs> I'm going to say maybe six months. So, I sort of know who he is, but I haven't seen him that much. And he was very impressive. Um, He made TJP look like a much better wrestler than he actually is. <laughs> um, TJP did all the stuff that you expect from him because that's all he knows how to do. Like, he has, like, six tricks in his bag. You know, he has that, like, the dragon screw and the the vertical headstand thing that he does that Dolph Ziggler always used to do. And, like, it, you know, he's he's fine i guess maybe sorta if you ignore what a terrible person he is but like i i find it hard to do that because he is so vocal about being such a terrible person on twitter and yeah. his his little stands will come for you if ever you comment that he is wrong about something um and uh yeah i don't know he's not a good enough wrestler for me to be able to ignore that and just be like wow that guy is great like New Japan has some people that they work with on a regular basis where I have to occasionally put the stuff that they've said on Twitter in the back of my mind in the filing cabinet and just kind of ignore it and watch the wrestling match and go, oh, wow, that person's really, really good. Um, TJP's not good enough to be on that tier. And uh, I saw some people saying, you know, I wonder if he's going to work there more. And I'm like, yeah, no, I I don't need him to be there. But Ren really good and is a really good seller. And also has really amazing timing. Like, you can tell that he knows where his opponent is all the time and has good aerial awareness of, like, when somebody's jumping down at him. And, you know, I, I, was, I was really impressed
1: um, I think by him I, and
0: his athletic ability.
1: I think the problem TJP has going into this is this is a new Japan crowd. And mm, New yeah. Japan World's been going long enough now for a New Japan crowd to be very bespoke to that particular company. And yep. they've watched Ren Narita from his rookie debut 18 months ago to being this just about their complete wrestler. You know, he's a guy yeah. who's just off being perfect. And TJP is a New Japan wrestler. He went to the LA Dojo back when yeah. Nakamura was running it back in the early 2000s a Product Rock Romero and those guys, but he hasn't grown since he left. Yeah, he
0: he doesn't, he doesn't, is the thing. Like, he he looks the same to me now as he did when he won the Cruiserweight Classic. And if you look at the caliber of guys that he was working with when he was on 205 Live every week, that, to me, suggests that there's a lack of effort and a lack of personal growth there also. For him to not progress and not get better. Like, if you wrestle Drew Gulak on a regular basis and you don't get better, or Mustafa Ali on a regular basis and you don't get better... It's you. It's not them.
1: <laughs> I think. Th- well, I mean. I think he's been TV TV sized in the sense of
0: mm-hmm. I watched him
1: wrestle the same match that I watched him wrestle as Maverick on Impact Wrestling, and I watched him wrestle the same matches when he was TJP in Ring of Honor seven yeah. years ago. You know, it's not. He's not got any better. He's doing the same no. things. A perfectly serviceable wrestler, and he'd be handy to have around if you need him. But you don't need him because you've got far better guys who do a better job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Get somebody who uh, who has a. Uh... Who, who doesn't keep putting their foot in their mouth on Twitter and getting the people um, all riled up over dumb political things, uh, get somebody else.
1: I mean, it's also the point there's like TGP wasn't very popular <laughs> in, nope. in his home, in his home area. I mean, it's like, well, that's because the fans have followed Ren Renarita since he was a kid, since he was 18 years old. And of course they're going to support him over this, person you brought in for no apparent reason. well and also that.
0: I mean TJP even when he's a baby face he's a heel. He's never yeah. not a heel cuz he can not he does not. I mean I remember when they were trying really hard in WWE to project the idea that he was a baby face. And like mm. even with Brian Kendrick playing this super sleazy um you know the kind of guy who would like uh steal your wallet out of your bag like kind of character um he uh he couldn't tjp couldn't come across as a baby face like he just he couldn't he couldn't do it so i don't think he ever i mean i think the crowd was supposed to hate him in this match they did um effortlessly and they wanted renorita to win things and he did or yeah. i guess tjp defeated but like the crowd is behind narita like yeah. he won that match in
1: all of our hearts indeed he did I'm speaking of winning <laughs> matches in our hearts. Lance Archer won my heart in the G1 Climax because he's an old dude who can do some crazy, crazy things. He can. <laughs> yeah. Carl Fredericks. He beat Carl Fredericks in 7 minutes, 37 seconds. The current Young, long, young Lions Cup champion who uh, took that title, obviously, at Destruction a couple of weeks ago. Carl Fredericks is awesome. As a young man, he's going to make a lot of money in the professional wrestling business but Lance Archer at the minute is on another planet. It's like when they broke up Killer Elite Squad, you didn't expect Lance Archer to do this. No. (laughs) You kind of expected him to kind of like, if he's staying in New Japan, well, he's just going to kind of like dodder about and make up the numbers till he retires. But no, 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 no. Lance is cutting his own path. And that's the important thing for him.
0: I, uh, I don't know. I, I like, I get that Lance Archer is a good wrestler. I just think that the specific stuff he does is just not my particular taste. So yeah. I watched this and I thought it was fine. Like, I don't have any specific criticisms of it. It just... I personally was not invested in it at all. Um, and I I, really mean, watched... I, did, I do think Carl Fredericks looked like a star and I thought Lance Archer looked like a star. But I also was kind of like, eh, just not for me.
1: I think, I mean, obviously Lance is not going to for everybody's taste, but it's certainly like... He's put the gas on. He he is going yeah. full. I think he's possibly realized, I ain't got that long left. And if I'm going to make an impression, I best do it quick.
0: Yeah. And that was, if I had a criticism on him um, when I first started watching New Japan shows that he was featured in, it's that there was a long period of time where I I got that sense that he almost didn't care. And mm. I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like he really, like the switch has been flipped. I feel like he is really invested.
1: Yeah. Um, only member of Suzuki going on this tour interesting news coming out of Japan that Minoru Suzuki may be done with New Japan Pro Wrestling after oh
0: I didn't see that
1: yeah uh, Voices Wrestling reported that this week it was um, Howard Might is definitely gone he's done the bit he wanted to do was mastermind the US expansion of because of shows mm. like this apparently Minoru Suzuki is going as well we don't know, it's not been said but Minoru has not been happy because he wasn't in the G1 that angry tirade and promo before the G1 was actually uh, a truthful promo, it was him oh. speaking for himself um, and he's um, because they gave literally given him nothing to do for the last six weeks which is understandable he hasn't has, he in the news yeah. he's, he still thinks he's a viable professional wrestler and to an extent he definitely is a viable ex-professional wrestler I'm not sure he could have done the G1 but then again yeah there was a couple guys in the g1 who i didn't think necessarily needs to be there either (laughs) so you know it's um
0: and there were some guys who were in the g1 where i was kind of like the storyline they're telling here isn't doing that guy any favors and i mean that's kind of how i feel about suzuki gun in general from what i've watched which granted is not a lot but that's the vibe that i get is that they're just kind of like well that stable isn't that important so whatever
1: no, and I get the feeling, like, if you if Minora's out of the, out of the question, then you're obviously going to have a power vacuum, and it's either going to be Tai Chi gun or it's going to be Saber gun, isn't it? And that's a far yeah. more interesting story to tell, um, I would think. Um, yeah. Minora, Minora thinking about going back to Noah, which I think he would he would actually sail in that particular scenario, but I think Noah would have him very happily. And he oh, would yeah, do- they,
0: they need him for sure, not the other way
1: around. <laughs> yeah, so... We shall see. Anyway, let's just go on to our third match. Juice Robinson of Regular Army and Mad Mikey Nichols of Chaos defeated Alex Coglin. That's Coglin uh, and Clark Connors. In eight minutes and twenty-nine seconds in a very functional match. Alex Coglin and Clark Connors, very good tag team, worked together very well yeah. for two men who uh, <laughs> haven't really had that much experience together. And and Juice and Mad Mikey again. I, can, I haven't seen Mikey Nichols for, for a while since the uh, since the New Japan Cup, but it's nice yeah. to see. He's a good and, and uh, him and Juice pulling some good stuff together. It just kind of does what it said on the kind of tag match, his tag match. Keeps Juice in the frame. Obviously, he challenges John Moxley for the U.S. title at King of Pro Wrestling. What are your thoughts on this one?
0: Um, this was fine. Uh, I, I don't know. To me, Juice felt a little lost. That was kind of my major takeaway. Is that like I don't know that that guy knows. I mean, I, I think he's doing his job well, but I also, I get the vibe somehow that he doesn't know what the company has for him or wants to do with him, and it, it felt a little similar to me to the vibe I got when he was in NXT before he left. And I hope, I mean, maybe he'll have that title match with John Moxley, which um you know is is their their rematch and their first one I don't think their first match went super super great but like maybe that'll kind of uh revitalize him a little bit but um that was my that was my emotional takeaway from this um I I thought it was good I thought it was fine I thought it was a little cheesy some of the spots in it like the the double the double crab thing was kind of cheesy um which I mean (laughs) wrestling is cheesy sometimes like that's it's fine. Um it's one of those yeah. things where it's like I don't have a specific criticism of it but it's just kind of not my taste. Yeah. Um I do think uh you said it was Alex Colin or Colin, how do you say it? Coglin. Coglin. Okay. Um I I thought he he looked interesting but I haven't seen a whole lot of him but um he seems like a good wrestler and I agree that he seems like he's good at being in tag teams so um a lot of my favorite wrestlers are great tag team wrestlers so um maybe he'll be somebody that i'll enjoy seeing more from in the future um that's what i wrote in my notes but uh but yeah this this wasn't sensational i don't think it was meant to be sensational i think it was meant to be like serviceable and silly and fun
1: i think that's the thing i think as well with juice i think what you've just been saying that kind of reminds me of uh Kind of reminds me of the things I've said about Tiger Mask in the past. If you go back to Tiger Mask in the 80s and when Mm. he's wrestling anybody else but the Dynamite Kid, he's great but he's never as good as he is with the Dynamite Kid. And I think Juice Robinson and John Moxley are absolutely fantastic. And there are certain Mm. people that Juice wrestles that he's absolutely awesome with. But it does always click if you see what I mean. Yeah. I mean, with this one, I think it's just like it's a make the numbers up matchup. Give the young lads a run out. Give them some chance to show them off some stuff. Get them over a little bit. Right. But you know, it's going to win. So sure. It was, yeah. I. But not I think, to
0: drag this on a tangent, but I'm surprised to hear you say that because I mean, you know that I'm a big John Moxley fan and that I like Juice, mm-hmm. too, but I actually didn't love their uh, their big title match together. I I didn't. I came away from it not liking it, but wanting to. Um, I,
1: so that's I think, interesting. I think the G1 match was excellent. I think the first title match wasn't that good either.
0: Ah, okay. The G1 match was better. That's true.
1: I mean, we, me and Ash were covering those particular matches a few months back. If you want to go listen back in the archive, and you'll find us, both of us were saying we weren't that impressed with Moxley, really, until he had that match with Ishii. Mm. And it's like, oh, that's what he's about. Because we didn't really... Yeah. Yeah, we didn't really kind of get it for a while. Yeah. It was just like, He's trying to find a groove, but we're not sure he knows where the groove is. Um, mm. And whereas now he's, when Moxley is in New Japan, he looks like a New Japan wrestler. He makes effort like yeah. a New Japan wrestler should do. Whereas before, it kind of was like he didn't know where to push. If you see what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I mean Ishii is the perfect person to like help anyone who's struggling <laughs> find their find their way. Because, I mean, he's seen it all, done it all, can do it all beautifully, can make anybody look like a star. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's it, interesting.
1: Ishii reminds me of the old Greg Valentine saying, Valentine used to say, if I can hit anybody for long enough, we can have a great match.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's true. <laughs> all right, then. The next matchup was Bullet Club, Jado, Tama Tonga, and Tango They defeated Rapingi 3K Rocky Mary Show in 10 minutes and 46 seconds. Now, Sho and Joe did face Tamatonga and Tangaloa in Lowell, Massachusetts for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. They didn't win. How close were they, Chelsea?
0: It was tight, man. It was down to the wire. Um, that match was really, really fun. I will say that I had the same criticism of it that I have of this one, which was that it was just a little, the, the beginning stretch of it was a little too long. Like right. the part where they're kind of building stuff before they really step on the gas. Yeah. It was just a little too slow. Um, but it was interesting because I felt like so I was sitting next to two friends of mine who who did not really know anything about Rapongi 3K and they were vaguely aware of the Gorilla's of destiny, but like not not um a lot, you know, in that mm-hmm. sense of like knows their names, knows who they are on Twitter, has seen a couple gifs, but like really hasn't watched them do anything. And they came out of that match being fans of all of those guys, but for the first part, they were just kind of like, what is this? Yeah. And I think, um, I think the Gorillas of Destiny and Yo are guys who sometimes rely just a little too much on that type of charisma that they have, where, like, you know, the crowd knows who we are and we're this particular aesthetic and we do it really well. Yeah. Um, and then you know it's all, it's like you you can forget sometimes that those guys are really great wrestlers because they have this aesthetic that they've just kind of like nailed down and they mm. lean a little too much on it. I don't know maybe maybe I'm not articulating that well, but that's that's just kind of the vibe that I have there um I think rapongi three k does a better job of being like showing you that they're really, really great wrestlers when uh when Rocky is with
1: them. yeah, yeah, and no, I agree with you, I think. I think they they've missed Rocky over the summer. And Rocky's been concentrating on doing his uh, commentary gig. Um yeah. he's um, he's kind of like left them in the lurch because yeah. there they are there's very few babyface teams down the years that needed a manager, but yeah. one you know he's I think Rocky is such a part of that deal, a part of that particular unit that you do yeah. miss him if he's not there. Um, yeah, I, and I this- just
0: I love Rocky Romero. I just sorry to interrupt, but I just it was so cool seeing him in person in Lowell. Um, he wasn't with uh, Rapongi three K, although he did like kind of hype for them. And he came out. He didn't wrestle, but like he came out to stand on the apron and be supportive during their match. And mm. just he's so charismatic. He's so much fun. The New Japan fans who know who he is, a lot of those people just love him so much. And um, and, yeah, I think uh, I think they're a more complete team when they have him there.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I like the way that New Japan's presented this. You know, um, Sh- Yo, supposedly, quote-unquote, the weaker member of the team, get pins <laughs> balls over Tama Tonga in two main, main event tag team, well, not main event, but major event tag team matches two nights running. That's yeah. why they're considered contenders. All of a sudden, Sho and Yo are heavyweight contenders, and they lose on a non-televised match, which means they don't lose any momentum. And there's another mm. team for World Tag League. If they, if they want World Tag League, they can put Show and Yo in World Tag League, if they can give them a shot. Because they have done everything in the junior heavyweight tag team division, and they're trying to get right. Shine, Shimori, and Fantasma at the minute, so they don't really want them there. You know, they can even if they don't win the tag team titles. But I would put them as outside bets for World Tag League.
0: Mm. Well, uh, that uh, that would be really interesting. I uh, I could get behind that. I um I like Shonyo. Like just uh I've seen them. Um I saw them in Ring of Honor when they were on their excursion as the Tempera Boys, mm. and seeing their evolution into what they've become now is has been really interesting. Um, so if World Tag League turns out to be a big uh a big event for them, that would be that would be really cool. I would get behind that.
1: I think that was the story behind the Tempura Boys. That were like, um, they were obviously announced by Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor were going like, the Tempura Boys, and always going like, you can't say that's really racist. And they're like, no, yeah, no, it's oh, idea. dude,
0: one of my friends was at a Ring of Honor show and texted me and was like, I need you to tell me that those guys are actually Japanese, or else this is like really.
1: <laughs> and I was like, they
0: are Japanese. They may have even consented to that name, but it is. It
1: is weird and it's okay that you feel uncomfortable about it. (laughs) Yeah, it was was actually their idea.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, but I mean, you know, you also at the same time, like, you would not be surprised if Ring of Honor was just like, oh, here's a really racist tag team name. It's fine. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Bearing bearing in mind, like, the show has this week debuted his large art festival, sorry, large art exhibition at a, a modern art museum in Tokyo where is exhibiting his artworks based around poo.
0: Yeah, I saw that and I was like I there's a there's a <laughs> lot of humor in Japanese pop culture that is kind of centered around poo and I don't get it. Um but uh no, But yeah, a but... uh, good good for him that he uh has an artistic pursuit that he enjoys that's nice i yeah i, I didn't i deliberately didn't click that link i'm going to admit
1: no no i feel that but i hope he is a successful um um exhibition there yeah uh, yes and we'll move on to far more important things which <laughs> was was ignorables de hapon, bushi shingo and takagi Uh, Sorry, Bushi, Shingo, and Takagi. Bushi and Shingo, Takagi, along with Yatetsu, Yenato, They lost to Hiroshi Tanahashi, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, the Rock and Roll Express, the four-time NWA World Tag Team Champions. uh, uh, Ricky Morton, I believe, at 65, and Robert Gibson, who's just celebrated his 63rd birthday, making their New Japan debuts. And by God, they weren't hanging around in this match, was they?
0: (laughs) No, they got down. It was great.
1: Because this was one of the, my favourite tag matches this year, and actually Rock and Roll Express, they had a really good uh, Crockett Cup performance against the um, oh, bring them on a tag team champions forty-two times. What they're called, brothers? the the Bucks? Oh no, the other the other brothers.
0: Oh, um, the Briscoes.
1: Briscoes, there you go. They had a really cracking match with the Briscoes at um, Crockett Cup, and they've, they've come made their New Japan debuts. They're having a bit of a renaissance year after what 36 years in the 36 years in the business
0: mm.
1: yeah and this was really good it was just fun uh tetsuya nato refusing to piss bump people on the waist of the ring was pretty funny and it was <laughs> kind of that it was clearly just kind of there to have a nice moment in the middle of the card and pay a tribute to the yeah. rock and roll what's wrong with that
0: nothing dude like there were there were totally people in the crowd who didn't get those guys at first. They were like, those are old guys, and we don't know who they are, whatever. And then they were won over because the wrestlers were having so much fun. And that's so much fun to watch, especially when it's... Like, they picked, they picked the right people to be in this match, right? Because yeah. Hiroshi Tanahashi was just marking out the whole time, which is like... <laughs> Not a thing you get to see enough of and like he is just he's pure sunshine as a person when he is like excited about something so that was really really awesome Um, Naito is someone who fights you know as a character sort of like fights his own emotional reactions to things but was just vicariously having such a great time and I you know as a Naito fan I was just like heart eyes over that it was awesome. Um, Bushi uh, did all of his Bushi things that he does really well and looked awesome and you know is uh, I I always enjoy Bushi more when he's in a tag team setting than I do as a singles yeah. guy and I feel a little bad for saying that but um but he looked like very very comfortable and I mean Shingo is very charismatic and it's cool that the crowd is behind him so much um even though you know in this case obviously like he was one of the bad guys. But just, like, this was one of those matches where there was almost, there were no bad guys. Like, everybody loved everybody else, and it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's like Ricky Morton going for a suicide dive on the outside yeah! of the ring. Seven, It's like triple drop kicks. Did you notice Hiroshi Tanahashi having the signature bandana at the top of his boots, a la Ricky Morton, and Robert Gibbs? Yes! I <laughs> yeah. saw that! Oh! He's... <laughs> he
0: had so much fun with this like i i loved when the rock and roll express did the like the double clotheslines and then tana did the senton to the center of the ring it was just oh it was so great
1: <laughs> it was clearly they'd work shit out they'd figured out how to make this work and um yeah just brilliant absolutely brilliant and it was tiger hattori's last match refereeing in north america Oh, Tiger! You know Tiger's been around a long, been a part of pro wrestling for a long time. Started off working for Giant Baba in the early '80s. Uh, Kevin Kelly gave a detailed story that he actually started in Florida under um, uh, the Graham family uh, Mm -hmm. in the Florida promotion and did an awful lot for New Japan, for Old Japan, for NWA wrestling. He's been around forever, and pro wrestling will not be the same without him. His protege at the minute is um, Rocky Romero, who's taking over his front office role, kind of, of his yeah. uh, linking people together. But,
0: Rocky's the perfect uh, choice.
1: Yeah. Tiger does all sorts of stuff that you don't really see. You know, um, Jushin Liger appearing at the NXT TakeOver a few years ago was kind of... It was uh, Steve Regal's idea, he, William Regal's idea. He wanted to kind of get Liger, and he kind of talked to Finn Balor, and Finn Balor kind of talked to Tiger, and Tiger kind of fixed it for so everybody mm-hmm. to be able to do it, New Japan release Liger for the night so he could do that. Tiger mm. has been um, pretty much you know, instrumental in Bullet Club not as the faction you see on TV, but Bullet Club as the faction you see pr- uh, people working, people like Carl Emerson mm. and and, uh, or Parent Prince Devitt as he was then, and all those gauging talents that have come through. They wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for Tiger. Tiger has been, you know, you think about the big matches, that Tiger is referee. Tiger refereed Tatsumi Fujinami versus Ric Flair in the Tokyo Dome 64,000 wow. people. Wow. That Starcade in the Tokyo Dome for the NWA and IWGP Heavyweight Championships. He refereed the main event of Tatsuji Fujinami versus Ric Flair in uh, North Korea for the biggest wrestling show of all time. Tiger Hattori will be listed as one of the greatest referees that ever set foot in Squared Circle. And we salute you, sir, at the Trooping Show. When you finally go, it's going to be an awfully big deck in pro wrestling.
0: Dude, Tanahashi was crying and like getting really emotional and <laughs> a bunch of the fan photos I saw of this. And like, it was the, the fact that, that uh, Tiger got to have this like big moment with, you know, his family and a bunch of his friends and like the rock and roll express who were like legends in the business. Like I was really happy for him to have that and to have it in New York, which is a great wrestling town where, a lot of the fans probably actually do know and care who he is, you know, especially some of the older fans, which I know the Hammerstein ballroom attracts. Um,
1: And, and also uh, I was going to say, and also his friends and neighbors, because he lives in New York city.
0: Yeah. 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 So that was, that was really nice. I was happy for him to have that.
1: Yeah. It was awesome. Um, But we should move on with the actual wrestling. The next match was amazing. (laughs) Red and chaos. Roki Goto and Tomohiro Ishii. Amazing Red has kind of been picked up as an associate member of Chaos thanks to his friendship with Will Ospreay. They defeated Chase Owens, Ghetto, and Jay White in a thoroughly thrilling matchup. You were saying about your favourite favorite wrestlers, the tag team wrestlers. Chase Owens is my favourite tag team wrestler in the world at the moment. He's amazing Mm. at watching the guy wrestle because he's so much dirty fun. Yeah. (laughs) He is. he he's taken the Memphis style of professional wrestling and applied it applied it to strong style. And I think that's a different level of wrestling genius. Um, and I just love watching the guy. And amazing right? you know, twenty-five years in the business, like, hey, let's put you in a main event with these two big heavy years and see how you get on. Fine, I can do that. <laughs>
0: he looks better now than he did when he was like twenty. Like that guy yeah. is that guy is incredible. Um, he was he was at the Boston show too. And uh, he he can do some stuff that is like right on that fine line between pro wrestling and interpretive dance.
1: Yeah. And
0: um, it was yeah, it was really cool seeing him. Uh, are they are they thinking about like using him more? Do you know?
1: I think. Well, I mean, he did the New Japan, uh, the Super J Cup for Liger. Um, mm-hmm. it's obviously based in North America, and I think people were impressed. And Osprey's obviously been a big, in, it's been a big influence on Will Osprey. And I think Ospreay would kind of like to see him, and Ospreay has some kind of pull in mm-hmm. New Japan these days because he's like he's been, he's worked so hard for them, and he's had one of their outstanding, one of their most outstanding years in pro wrestling history. Yeah, Ch- Ochater was pulling him up there with uh, Misawa, uh Manami Toyota, and Ric Flair levels of good uh, in the last twelve months. So I think there's a possibility they might use him a little bit more. I mean, you've got Super J Tag League coming up. I'm guessing Birds of Prey would be there as one tag team. Mm. But, um, obviously current tag champs you probably get Show and Yo as defending champions um but amazing red and possibly somebody else would be quite interesting yeah uh, it would a- be really
0: cool if amazing red got hooked up with new japan on a more regular basis because um i used to go to the promotion that he um that he runs in queens called house of glory um and a uh, disclaimer that yes i know that elgin is sort of affiliated with that promotion. And I've never liked that, but I also used to go to the shows because they would book people that I really liked and I wanted to support those people. And um, there are some really good wrestlers in that promotion who haven't sort of broken through yet. Um, Like Private Party got signed to AEW and they, um, I think if I remember right, they actually trained at Amazing Red School and came up Mm. through there. And um, I know Leroy Green just had a, a show that he did for Evolve and Gabe Sapolsky said nice things about him on Twitter. So, um, amazing red. If he came to do stuff like tag matches in Japan and brought some of his students with him, that would seem to me to be a logical fit there. That could be really fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to see if if, I mean, I don't think he wants to do a full time run anymore, but certainly like yeah. doing, doing something like Best Super Juniors tour, so like three weeks of living yeah. in Japan, doing a New Japan tour and getting to stay at the Tokyo Dome Hotel and <laughs> doing all the things that New Japan guys get to do if you go on a regular basis. I think it'd be cool for him to see that. If you could find him a partner, I hope it isn't TJP, but somebody...
0: <laughs> I hope it's not TJP either. I hope he gets one of his students to come. Yes. Um, I think that would be really great.
1: Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, Goto and Ishii looking really good in this. Obviously, this was build yes. up for uh, Chase Owens versus Tomohiro. Sorry, Chase Owens versus Iroki Goto for the Intercontinental Championship at King of Pro Wrestling. Goto is a changed man. I know Kevin Kelly did crack on about this on commentary, but it just wasn't actually, you know, it wasn't far from the truth. He looks like a guy who could do the job now that he's been professing he can do for the last 12 years and never quite Dude, it. Dude, right? Yeah. And I don't, know what, I don't know what the switch is. He just looks more switched on, more together, more, you know, just there.
0: It was really interesting to me to hear commentary say that because I enjoyed seeing Goto at the show that I went to in Lowell more in person than I have ever enjoyed watching him in the New Japan product on the network. And, like, some wrestlers are kind of like that, where you appreciate them in person in ways that you just can't on TV. But Mm. I was surprised. I was like, I don't think it's just that. Like, you know, Goto kind of has this cool veteran vibe now where he's like, you know, I... uh, I am a big, tough, strong samurai guy who knows exactly what I'm physically capable of and can beat the crap out of my enemies. And (laughs) for a long time, he was, I I think that's, you know, um, pretending that he had that vibe. And maybe it was one of those fake it till you make it kind of things. I don't know. But you're right. He does. um, He is more engaging now. And that was really nice to see because um, he's always struck me as like a a nice guy and i know that a lot of the wrestlers who work there look up to him but he was just never someone that i could be like the biggest fan of because there was always a piece missing and um i didn't see that in this match and this match he was really fun to watch
1: yeah and it kind of builds the heat with the jay white issue which is going forward what you know jay white's the biggest heel in pro wrestling at the moment Mm. i think um not just new japan pro wrestling he's possibly aside from brock Lesnar, but there's reasons why Brock Lesnar's unpopular, <laughs> and there's nothing to do with being a heel. But um, yeah. I think actually, as a genuine straight up and down heel, I think Jay White's as about as good as it gets in pro wrestling right now. Um, mm-hmm. And Goto's the perfect person to build off with that. So I am very impressed and looking forward to seeing that match with Jay White and Goto because I think it's going to be better than anything either of them have done on you. Yeah, Jay White. Um, I,
0: when I first saw Jay White in person. I think it was at a ring of honor show and I think he was still a baby face. And yeah. it's been really interesting to see him evolve into this like vicious dastardly heel where you're just like, yes, I know you're everybody's hot topic boyfriend, but also I sort of love to hate you. Mm. Um, it was, it was, uh, the girl next to me actually apologized to me. She's like, I'm a big Jay white fan. I like the bad boys. Um, <laughs> I was like, no, the ring with that? go for it, cheer for whoever you want. But, uh, but he he got big reactions out of the crowd in Lowell, and he did here too. So um yeah, he's really he's really taken that character by the reins and made it something special.
1: Yeah. I mean they they hate him in Japan. They leave the building when he wins.
0: <laughs> oh, I like that.
1: <laughs> he's, getting, he's getting Abdul the Butcher type heat. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, which is great to see. For him anyway. It certainly secures his, uh, his position for a long time to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we have two parts of a dual main event. Kenta defeated Yoshihashi in 25 minutes and 4 seconds for the Never Openweight Championship. Kind of a bitsy match that took a long while to get going. Yeah. Um, I kind of get the feeling with Kenta. It is kind of, well, we've spent all this money signing him. We'd best do something with him. Uh, <laughs> kind of deal. I know know that's no knock on Kentu where I think he's phenomenal when he's the right, got the right guy to wrestle, but Yoshihashi ain't it. You know, uh, Mm Yoshihashi is better fighting from underneath and you can't fight from underneath when you're 20 pounds heavier than the guy you're wrestling. So that was a basic flaw in the psychology. Yoshihashi was not the guy to send after Kenta Um, because he's like, he's an underdog. And, you know, you can't, it makes it really hard to be the underdog when you're taller and, and bigger than your opponent, no matter how big, no matter how good he is, you know. And Kenta hasn't been great since he came back to New Japan. That's no he knock. He really on.
0: hasn't. He's had a lot of yeah. bad matches.
1: You know, and, and I don't think it's necessarily a knock on Kenta. There's injuries, there's finding the groove again, there's finding your style again, there's trying to get over to this really hostile crowd that don't like you. There's all this bunch of stuff going mm-hmm. off on. And then you stick Bullet Club in the mix, which is probably the only thing they could do with him. And that makes sense. And he kind of did that well. And, you know, Katsuro Shibata sold the house for him. However, yeah. that doesn't, like, between the ropes, that still puts you at a disadvantage, you know. And the last time, like we said, the last time Kenta was in that particular building was for the Ring of Honor World Championship. And it was like the match he had there against Brian Danielson. Uh, and Samoa Joe I believe I can't remember off the top of my head in comparison to this was yeah I know obviously 10 years younger but equally he's not like something's not there yet I don't think
0: I, I haven't enjoyed a match of his a whole lot since he had that match with Akira Tozawa on 205 Live like two years mm. ago Yeah, and that match was incredible And I mean, I'm sure a big part of it was just like the two of them being relieved that they got to do something different and they don't get to work that much. And I, whenever I see Kenta in New Japan now, I think back and I'm like, bring that guy back. How do you get that guy back? (laughs) I, I don't know, man. I don't know if he's going to get it back. And I, I feel horrible saying that. I don't want to count somebody out, especially someone who works as hard as that guy has over the years. But, you know what it is i sort of wonder if maybe he feels like he's done it all and what's the point because he's too old at this point i think and has had too many injuries for new japan to put him in the top star category right like he's never gonna be a naito or an okada like he's just not gonna get to that position um he went to wwe he participated in a match at wrestlemania like, he's done a lot of the things that he set out to do. He had done a whole lot of those things before he even came to WWE. So he's kind of done it all. And I wonder if it's really hard to find the passion that he used to have when he was younger, having accomplished so much in his career. Um, and I wonder if that's what we're seeing now. You know, it's kind of it almost reminds me a little bit, I hate saying this, and I feel like I, I have to say sorry to any Kentucky fans listening to this. He reminds me a little bit of Dolph Ziggler. Um, where I see mm. Dolph Ziggler now and his character whines a lot on the microphone about like, you know, I'm the best. And I was denied all this stuff that I should have done. And Kenta doesn't seem to be bitter about it. But the takeaway I have there is there's no passion behind this pain. It's just sad. Yeah. And watching him wrestle Yoshihashi, um, that was also kind of hard because Yoshihashi is somebody else where I, I look at him and I think like, if you had a moment, where you could have possibly ascended to that top tier where, where a lot of fans really would get behind you and root for you. And you were their guy. You might've missed it. Like, I feel like he kind of missed the window
1: Mm.
0: and I almost feel like Yoshihashi when I look at his career and the stuff that he's done, like when I look at his Wikipedia or his cage match page, I'm like, did you actually get to do any of the stuff you really, really, really wanted to do? Mm. And it's almost the opposite problem. And then you had those two guys working each other for 25 minutes. And it was like, I, instead of watching you guys, I sort of want to like send you both to therapy to figure out what you really want. Like (laughs) that sounds really harsh. I I feel bad saying Uh, it, but like, uh, yikes, it was, it was hard to watch, man. I I paused it like twice and got up to get snacks because it was not, it was not captivating.
1: I mean, uh... The match that Kent had with Ishii in London was superb, mm. but no one's had a bad match with Ishii in eighteen months. Ever? <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: don't yeah. know I I don't think I've ever seen Ishii have a really bad match. I've seen ones that are better than others, but Ishii can get gold out of anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just been like it's been it's just been painful to watch. To watch this match I don't know I mean a Part of me thinks That Kent is running A character That isn't as good As it should be Just to annoy mm-hmm. the fans And I could get behind that But I don't get the impression That he's taking The foot gas- off the gas That much Because he's trying Really hard Yeah I think The right thing I think it's the right thing To do With having G.O.D. Interfere on his behalf That tells the story Really well But it is annoying For mm-hmm. New Japan fans Who are used to The pure wrestling aesthetic Which is what they want but equally, it doesn't make right. an awful sense to for Kenta, who's supposed to be this dastardly heel, who's got this backup if he doesn't use it. So, yeah, for me, I, I, think, I think I think the story's better than the wrestlers involved in it.
0: Yeah, I want I want Kenta to tap some of that, to tap some of those feelings intentionally. Mm. I feel like if he can access whatever it is that he feels like he's missing right now, mm-hmm. and Put that into his art in a way that's intentional, where he has control of it, and he gets to express some of it in a way that's cathartic, I think I would get behind that, personally, me. I don't know if it would be the right thing for the New Japan audience or for the faction that he's in, but to me that kind of thing is is that's a that's a thing i really enjoy watching in wrestling is like here are the things i real life feel personally aggrieved about and i'm channeling them into my art as hard as i possibly can that's why i like naito that's why Naito's my guy yeah. um so i don't know i i hope he figures it out because he's had this long amazing career and i don't want his his uh his viable years that he's having at the end to be something that he's disappointed about. And also I will say, I hope Yoshihashi figures things out someday. I feel like we say that every year. I feel like every year we have a conversation on this podcast where we're like, I hope Yoshihashi gets it together. <laughs> and uh, I'll just say, sorry, Christy, if you're listening to this, that I said that um, I know you love that guy and he was good at the Lowell show that I went to, but also not the top star that I think he wants to be. And I feel like no. I can tell that he's sad about that.
1: No, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, me and Alex Watt have been actually having this conversation for five years since the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> and yeah. me and Edwards have this conversation. Me, you, Alex, and Alex have had this conversation. Marcus and Christy both will be and we haven't had that conversation with them. <laughs>
0: well, and, and you know what? No, no, no shade. Like, let everybody nope. have their faves, whatever you're your fave is that gets you excited to watch wrestling is good and valid unless your fave is Michael Elgin. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, let's move on to our main event, which is Los Ignorables. They have partner, Evil and Sonada They defeated Kazuchika Ricardo Kota Ibushi in 18 minutes and 46 seconds when Evil pinned Kota Ibushi, setting up their match for King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah, this was as good as you expect it to be, considering the yes. four people involved. I mean, Ibushi and Okada running double teams against uh, Evil and Sonata is just breathtaking to watch. But Evil and Sonada as a tag team have been one of the best heavyweight tag teams of the last 10 years. So it's just been phenomenal to watch. Yes, uh, And this match was awesome. Uh,
0: this match was almost as star-studded as the main event we got in Boston, which was the main event at the Lowell Show was Kota and Okada and Tanahashi. In a tag match against Naito and Evil and was it Sonata that was in there with them? I think it was Sonata. And uh, and yeah, <laughs> um, uh, it is, man, it is something to see all those guys in person. Um, Kota Ibushi actually looks like that, you guys, which is like not fair <laughs> and also ridiculous. Like 30 feet away, you can see all the muscular articulation in his back because that is just what he looks like um i thought uh watching this match from the the new york show on the network was really really fun um i love how excited the crowd was for all of those guys it is really nice to see evil and sonata getting treated like big stars because they totally deserve it and for such a long time i feel like the people who are hardcore new japan fans were invested in them but I don't know that, like, wrestling fans as a whole who sort of follow the New Japan product casually were as into it. And it was nice to hear some of the reactions they got in this match because you could tell. I mean, they treated those guys like stars. Like, we're really excited to see you. Thank you for coming all this way. Um, I love Koda and Okada working together. Like, <laughs> those guys have... It's funny because those guys have almost no reason to ever need to work with anybody else because they're both such stars as individuals. But as a tag team, they have this weird synergy thing where they just, like, they get each other. And it's not... I don't feel like they wrestle like tag team wrestlers, even when they're working together. But instead of really resenting that the way I normally do when I see that and I'm like, can't you guys just, like, you know, collaborate more? I actually just really like it that they cling to their individuality because... Mm. sort of i don't know it sort of fits like i'm like well yeah you guys are very obviously two of the biggest stars in the world in this in in this business and just keep being yourselves and keep having those (laughs) little moments where you look at each other like i'm gonna do this and you're gonna be okay with it right okay cool um (laughs) they're both they're both like so commanding and a little bossy with each other and i just love that like for some reason it's really fun and really rewarding to watch. Um, During the LOL show, one of my favorite parts of a lot of Okada's stuff that he did was watching the other wrestlers watch Okada.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: That was oh so rewarding. (laughs) Like, watching Ibushi watch Okada and not be surprised by Okada's greatness, but very visibly, like, sort of tamping down his reactions to the things Okada did was was so cool. Um, I got a lot of vicarious enjoyment out of that. Um, and yeah, this match was so cool that like I had to go Google it to remember who won before we yeah. started this segment because none of what I took away from it had anything to do with who won or who lost. It was just really, really fun.
1: Yeah, that's that, and that's usually a, a good sign that it was a fantastic match. Yes. Yes. I, I think as well, over the Bucci being an ace for DDT for so long, he doesn't have that kind of necessarily have that reverence of Akada that some of the guys who come up through the company have.
0: Because yeah. he's
1: he's been an ace too. He knows he knows the position Akada's in. He knows how hard it is. He knows all the things that he does so well is because of that that crucible of New Japan main event that he's had to deal with. And and you know, Ko had to carry a company too and he carried a company to he carried a company from essentially community halls to filling out Boudican. And yeah. so, he, so he knows what, what um, Okada had to go through to get New Japan from the absolute depths it was. Well, not so much of the depths it was when Tanahashi and Nakamura were the main draws. He mm-hmm. knew how to take over to, to actually polish that up and make it even go even further. So there's, I think there's a lot of mutual respect there. And if it does end up being those two at Wrestle Kingdom, which I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be, I think it's going to be one incredible. Oh, so good. But um, we shall see. When uh,
0: when they had Kota wearing the was it was he he wasn't Tiger Mask was he no he yes, was the character I, from the New Japan anime
1: yeah Tiger right? Mask do, yes
0: yeah and he was wrestling Okada for a bit and they had that one um, that one take match together
1: oh yeah the forty third anniversary show I think it was
0: yeah it was really interesting watching them wrestle each other because it was almost too clean. Yeah, It was almost too clean. And now that they've had this this time where they're both sort of like top baby faces and sort of they've done some stuff where they're on the same side and done some of that stuff on screen, I feel like it would be messier and grittier if they had a big match now. And I think, I think that would be even more fun to watch. It's not like that first match was bad. It was just, it was so pretty that I almost felt like I was watching... A, a competitive sport and not like you know a storytelling thing. Like,
1: I, I don't know, I, I'm not articulating I, it very well. I know, I know what you mean. I mean, like, the Kota that, that was the wrestler then was mm-hmm. a free spirited acrobat, <laughs> yeah. whereas the Kota that is currently in New Japan Pro Wrestling has learned his lesson and has tamed things down to a more manageable level but he doesn't have to be so explosive. He doesn't have to try so hard. And he's telling a better story now than he ever has done. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I, I, it took a concussion to do that, but it, if it's a lesson he's learned, then I'm not saying it's, it's never worth getting a concussion, but it was certainly worth the experience of having to go, I can't do the things I used to do. What can I do to make myself better without with less effort? And he's, yeah. he's he reached that point. You know, he's a much more watchable wrestler for me now than he was a year ago. Um he's yeah. less spectacular than he was a year ago but he's gone back to his roots and relied on kicks and strikes well, and, and,
0: he, and he looks like he's enjoying himself now he doesn't yeah. look like he has to exhaust himself in order to be able to live with what he's done in the ring he looks like he's having a good time and I think that's one of the reasons why people like Okada so much is because Okada can do so much and make it look so effortless even though he doesn't give you the same visual cues of like you know his, his pleasure that he takes in what he does and his pride in, that he takes in what he does you still kind of get the sense that like you know that guy does some of the things he does just because he enjoys it and he's passionate exactly. about it and yeah. koda has got some of that now too and it's really nice
1: yeah it's, it's going to be wild come Wrestle Kingdom do you want to have a oh quick yeah. quink through and through the matches for King of Pro Wrestling to preview them? Sure so King of Mo Pro Wrestling is on the 14th of October. There's a bunch of tag matches which look really interesting. One that stands out to me is Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tommy Akahoma versus Togi Makabe and Toru Yano. So it's members of GBH versus members of GBH, which will be intriguing. Uh, mm-hmm. However, the singles match, Jushin Thunder Liger, or will it be Kishin Liger versus Minoru Suzuki? That's one of them. That should be awesome. Yes. That should be the main event. I'd, they will beat uh, the
0: crap out of each other and it will be
1: great. It will be awesome. Evil versus Ko for the IWGP heavyweight title. Number one contendership at the Tokyo match, which is the longest name for a match in New Japan. But well, that yes. should be very, very good indeed. And kind of a rematch from the G1 match, which was excellent.
0: That'll be really fun. I, I think those guys work together well.
1: Uh, will Ospreay will defend his IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against the Rev Pro of Undisputed British Junior Heavyweight Champion, El Fantasmo Fantasmo's had a breakout year and um, if you go back to uh, Indie Empire magazine, there is a special on him that we wrote uh, specifically for him um, but yeah, I, I think he's going to be I think this is going to be something <laughs> special because he's he's working on an Ospreay level and there aren't too many people at Osprey's level this year are there
0: I... <sighs> My my enjoyment of Will Ospreay and the things that he does is always tampered by the fact that oh, he things he really says. In real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like If that guy would just delete all his social media and had like never had social media, I would like him way more than I do. Um, that said, he is a really good wrestler and he has really good big main event type matches a lot of the time. And I'm sure that match is going to be really fun.
1: I I love the fact that Phantasmo keeps trying to goad British fans by saying, You live in a shithole and we're all saying, Yes, we know. <laughs> uh yeah. It's just like, I was in your hotel this week, it's a shithole. And it's like, yes, yes, we're well aware of that. We are going through hell right now. and we can't help it. And there's nothing we can do about it. But like, yes. You-
0: dude, I don't know if you've heard of this big thing called Brexit, but uh <laughs> but yeah, that, that might be a thing we all know about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyway, uh, John Moxley will defend his IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship against Juice Robinson in a no-DQ match. I have a sinking suspicion that Mr. Robinson may have some extra things to put in his baggage on the way home after that one. That's my prediction. What's yours, yeah. Chelsea?
0: I, I think so. Um, I, I would be really surprised if New Japan banks on using Mox going forward like for everything and they're going to have to keep putting him in big events if he has a title belt with them Mm. um and uh i just think i mean that guy's been injured a bunch and um he just had surgery again and he's going to be working for aew he's going to be on aew's weekly program he's one of their big top build stars he's about to start a feud with kenny omega like that guy has other stuff going on Um, I don't think he needs New Japan, and I don't think New Japan needs him. I mean, and I say that as a big fan of his who certainly doesn't mind him, you know, having another thing to do there. And there are lots of guys there I want to see him have matches with, but I don't think he needs a title to be able to do that and have a cool one-off once in a while when his schedule is a little lighter than it's probably going to be in the coming months.
1: I get the feeling he just wanted to do the G1 on New Japan. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we could do that. did he one
0: and then give some interviews about how Kota Ibushi is so handsome and ripped and has great hair,
1: <laughs> and how much he hates wrestling Taruyano.
0: <laughs> yes! Oh my god, that was oh that was so great. Like I just he was laughing as he said it because like he hates it, but also like he he just had such a great time doing that shit, and you could tell. And I, as a big fan of his and as a reluctant fan of taru-yano, um I. <laughs> I enjoyed that tremendously.
1: <laughs> the, only, the only man Moxley fears is Toru Yano. <laughs> yes!
0: Which is the, it's the freaking best. Like, that dude that dude got his ass kicked by Brock Lesnar once in front of, like, 80,000 people. But the person he fears is Toru Yano. That's That's muah, perfection.
1: Like, it's, it's so good. It's the Deadpool thing. Like, Deadpool is scared of no one in the Marvel Universe except Squirrel Girl.
0: Yes! I love that. Oh, that's that's the perfect analogy,
1: James. Yes. Perfect. It's squirrel girl beats his ass every time she runs he runs into her. Yes. Um IWGP heavyweight championship match, Kazuchi Kakata and Sonada will be outstanding as it has been the previous four times this year. I love these two, but I have seen this match enough and I don't think it was the right <laughs> choice for the main event for King of Pro Wrestling. I, I, I think it's great, but it's predictable what will happen, unless they pull something really left field, like Sonata winning the championship, which I don't think will happen. I, mean, I don't may... think that'll
0: happen, but I want it to happen someday. Sonata deserves that shit.
1: Oh, yeah, I think Sonata would make a great champion, but I don't think he's ready right now. But they're going to have to do it sooner or later if they are going to do it, because he's yeah. not young. Because like, we we kind of like keep thinking, but he's been there for three years, and he was already in his early 30s when he got there. He was still Yeah. Skilled. China. So he's only got like 8 years left so if they're going to do it get, get get going now Whilst he's still yeah. young Sometimes you
0: know. people have to have to be ready Before they have a title and sometimes they have to Have the title before they get ready And I could see that happening with Sonata But you're right I don't think it's going to happen right now
1: uh, Okada's that guy He's the living proof you know he came back from His excursion in Pat Wrestling He had the worst excursion of any Japanese wrestler Ever um, yes. w- Walked out at Wrestle Kingdom with chubby baby fat under his chin and challenge tanahashi and everybody left him out of the building um and then he won the championship and he is a wrestler he was a wrestling god within 12 months of winning his first time so you know he's he's on another planet and sonata could be that guy i could see it but we'll see i doubt i don't think he leaves king of pro wrestling the championship i think okada gets it and it's that's the lockup till january the 4th for me but that's just me if
0: had the title, would he and Naito have some beef?
1: Uh, yeah, that's another story you can tell. They Naito... should do
0: that just just for that. That yeah. sells itself.
1: Yeah. It, it, I mean, Evil did tease tension within um, LIJ because of his uh, championship mm. shots and stuff. Um, and Sinaita and Evil have not been gelling well because of... Uh, the, the respective championship paths in the G1, that they had to wrestle each other in the G1. So, yeah, yeah it could be. There's a be lot
0: of good stories to tell there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much for listening to the finish show today. That completes our coverage of the uh, US tour uh, that New Japan took part of. I'd like to thank my guest, which is Chelsea Spollen. You can find her at Panels and Pros on the Twitter there.
0: Yes, thank you for having me. It was fun.
1: I oh yes, it's it's always have fun to have you on. It's been nice to have you back.
0: Yeah. We'll do it again <laughs> soon.
1: Excellent. You can find me at star on Twitter. You can find the show Troopiny Show on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, The Troopiny Show, and on Patreon, where you can keep the where you can keep the Troopany Show free forever for everyone. Please go look at our sponsors. That'll be Indie Empire magazine and our partners, powerslam.tv. And you can find out all about those particular things if you follow them on Twitter or go look them up on the web. We'll be back next week. We'll be telling stories tomorrow. Take care. and We'll see you soon. Bye.